Generally speaking about Butter Jesus, episode number 115. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Where's the music? <laughs> Start the music. There we go. <laughs> Only professional quality productions here, my friend. <laughs> and the benefits of zero post-production. <laughs> this episode sponsored by Big Butter Jesus. And thumbs that don't know where to press the music button. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Generally Speaking About the Church. My Just name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is DG Holmes. We're here each and every week, except for the weeks that DG <laughs> that stands me that up. I'm a loser. <laughs> <laughs> but we are we do happen to be here this week. Indeed. All right. Or two weeks ago, if you happen to be listening to this two weeks from now. Yes. All right. So, DG, what's and up, if, my and friend? if you're skipping around or if you're on an island, hey, how, you might not know what time you're in. I hear things are going great over at the fruit store. Yes, they are. I know that you're not allowed to talk about your place of employment, so we have to talk in code. So are you, is it okay if you actually, if we actually just like joke around and say you, that you work at the fruit store? I have no idea. Dude. I don't think, I don't think that gets you in trouble. Does it? No, I don't know. We, I mean, we won't go into I too much a, detail. Yeah. I have a feeling that, you know, like apparently they actually have people at headquarters. Yeah. That just so happens to be somewhere in California. Yeah. And the name of the town ends in Eno. Okay. <laughs> Eno. <laughs> we'll just call it Eno from now on. All right. And, um, yeah, apparently they have actually have people like searching and surfing just for workers at the orchard ah. that say things. So yeah. I'm wondering if they have bots that search the internet audibly and in yeah. text that I, pick up the words yeah. of orchard yeah. or a, Eno. A certain fruits. Or certain fruits, yeah. I, have you ever watched iCarly? Or wait, no, it's not iCarly. No. There's that... Uh, there's this other little kid, teeny bop TV show. Um, but anyway, every time they show, they show a little pair computer. Oh, really? A little pair. Anyway, so uh, talking about anything other than the 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 fruit <laughs> store, uh, DG, I understand that Big Butter Jesus has been struck by lightning. Yes, uh, it, it, is this know, true? It is Seriously? true. Uh, did you not see the flames and fire and stuff? Over? No, is oh, there it's on some, YouTube. Oh, oh yeah, well, dude, yeah, yeah. Let's do YouTube. It's on let's YouTube. YouTube. It was really, really on fire. All right, so here, let me do YouTube.com, and I'm going to search. Butter Jesus on fire. Actually, top in touchdown Jesus because people around here call it touchdown. Even uh, though I consider that incorrect. All right, I consider touchdown Jesus at a certain amazing school. All right, okay, so touchdown Jesus. All right, here we go. Thirty-seven seconds. Let's click play here. It's in, it's in our uh, it's in our uh, chat room. All too. right, yeah, we'll let's take a look at that one next. Jesus is on fire. Oh, yeah, big, that is big fire. Awesome. <laughs> big, big fire. That is absolutely awesome. Wow. The ramen noodle says he doesn't know why it's called Butter Jesus. The reason it's called Butter Jesus is oh, because. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, go ahead and then we'll play the song. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's just because he, he looks like he was been like sculpted out of butter. All right. That's the reason. it. He, he does look like he's been sculpted out of butter and. 
And we've done this before, but, yeah. si- but since we, you know, in we, honor of in, in, in honor of butter, Jesus, who has been struck by lightning and has yes. melted away, <laughs> Literally. we will, we will now play this song, uh, big butter, Jesus. And once again, by Haywood Banks. Oh, wait, wait, that's a really, say, that's a really poor quality one. I was going to didn't sound like it. I want big butter, Jesus, the song, uh, by <laughs> Haywood Banks and, here we go. That sounds better. In southern Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. That's, that's right there. I beheld a vision <laughs> next to the expressway. Was a 60-foot Jesus. 68-foot. With his hands in the air. Looked like he's carved out of butter, just like at the state fair. <laughs> Big butter Jesus, sweet cream Jesus, old country fresh Jesus, unsalted Jesus, old promise Jesus. Promise, give it again. Imperial Jesus. <laughs> Imperial. Can't believe it's not Jesus. <laughs> Holy, oh Lord. Holy, oh Lord. Well, you see him from the chest up. Like he's about to do a backflip. Like he scored a touchdown. Or maybe melting or about to drown. Well, I've been to the state fair. Seen a cow made out of corn cobs. Garth Brooks out of string cheese and the virgin out of olives. <laughs> Big butter Jesus. Sweet cream Jesus. Oh, country fresh Jesus. Unsalted Jesus. Oh, promise Jesus. Imperial. Imperial Jesus. Can't believe it's not Jesus. <laughs> Holy oh Lord. <laughs> Shipped in pieces on a flatbed. Staring backwards was his big head. Driver stuck in traffic backups. Desperately avoiding eye contact. <laughs> Don't make no graven images. That's one of the Ten Commandments. I hope the grading curve is kindly. You get to heaven with a 90. Big butter Jesus. Sweet cream Jesus. Oh, country fresh Jesus. Unsalted Jesus. I want my Jesus salty. Oh, promise Jesus. Imperial Jesus. Can't believe it's not Jesus. Holy, oh Lord. Can't believe it's not Jesus. Oh, spread the word. That, my friends, is what you get when you ask, why do they call him Big Big Butter Butter Jesus? Jesus. And now... 
big butter Jesus has been melted away. Do you right. think this is a, a message from God above? I think God was just, he, he wanted him to build a big piece of toast. <laughs> and so he's just trying to help him out. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. That, you know, <laughs> I, I, I was at the orchard Yeah, and, uh, you know, harvesting fruit yeah. and, <laughs> Harvesting fruit, selling fruit, fruit. People. selling fruit for people, selling fruit to people, and uh, and uh, one of the coworkers said, "You know, it's amazing. This is the one event that can actually bring Christians and atheists together." Nice. <laughs> nice. And I said, "Well, technically, liberal and moderate Christians <laughs> together, because all of the conservative Christians are going, why God? Why would you do this?'" Oh man. <laughs> Wow. I, I imagine, I, I can imagine there are some people in that church say, yeah, I told you God was going to do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was actually listening to NPR. And they all actually, the people who left the church. Yeah. All the people who left when the they church. Built it. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm getting out of here. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I'm going to waste my money on that thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, uh, it's interesting because when I was listening to the NPR, they actually interviewed, I don't know if they interviewed the senior pastor or, but somebody in the church and, one of the people in the church said, well, it could have destroyed our actual church building, but instead Jesus once again sacrificed oh his my life gosh. for the, and I was like, oh, did he just say he that? He did not. He just said that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's kind of like saying, you know what? It could have hit our nice brick homes, but God really sacrificed those people in the trailer parks for us. Oh, man. It's just, oh, I just whatever. When I heard that, I was like, oh, my goodness. Oh. And I was like, yeah, it couldn't have been the fact that it was a good 10 or 12 foot taller metal beam sticking in the air. Yeah, that couldn't have had anything saying, to do with hey, it. Hey, I conduct electricity. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I think it's great. I absolutely love it. Well, because you know what? I, I hate to say it. You know, it's it's not because the graven image thing, which, I, you know, I, that's a topic. You well, know, sure, we could talk. Yeah. We could talk about that. But uh, but the thing is, is, is graven <laughs> image or not a big butter touchdown. Jesus is just gaudy and ugly and stupid. Yeah. And I'm sure they're going to rebuild it. I mean, like, uh, well, um, looks like Amy says in the chat room that they're planning on rebuilding it. Apparently it cost them close to 250,000, something like that to build it. Yeah. And they're saying, and, and it also took up, it also uh, caught on fire a small building near it. Uh-huh. Uh, and they said that to rebuild it, the, like the exactly the way it was or something, it's going to be like at least a million to do something like that. Oh, really? And, and I don't know what their plans are to be able to do it. They're going to um, do it in gold or something? Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Gold plated Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 24 carat Jesus. <laughs> no, I, you know, I Not don't know. Not aluminum, Jesus. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, Lord. <laughs> hey, you, Lord. That's, uh, okay. that's the chemical thing. Oh, hey, you. Sorry, I got it yeah. now. Sorry. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was the geek in me coming out a little bit. No, but I... I, it's true. Very often in the Old Testament, God spoke a lot in thunder. God spoke a lot in yeah, wind um, and things like that. I was at a church in Santa Fe that lightning literally struck the cross on the top of the building and the cross shattered into pieces. I actually have a, uh, a chunk of that cross. It's like, I didn't know that they could do this, but it's like 
marbled, like oh, yeah. dipped. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It's not really marble. It's like marble dipped. So it looks like it's marble on the outside, but it's really just concrete on the inside. Okay. But the electric, the the electricity literally hit where that like it was like the top piece of the cross, and it's blackened concrete. Okay. It's like blackened concrete, and then you know, and then marbled coated on the top, and it's just like, man, it's it's insane. I it's it, it happens. I mean, it's just a reality of the situation. It's just you know, electricity. These things are high up in the air. You're right. it's, it's a big old lightning rod. Right, but you know, whatever. I, I think there's a lot of people that want to like speak a lot of things into it. It's it, it's this uh, it's this big balance act of like what's God and what's not. Yeah, and you know, we really should be, you know, attempting to discern what you know what God is using to be able to speak to us and things like that. Uh, whether it be a donkey or lightning or wind or, you know, splitting of a, of a sea or something else like that. But it's just like, I, I think that a lot of times we give God way too much. We give God way too much credit. Okay. And and it sounds bad when I say it that way, but yeah, it's like, I know what you're so saying. Like the the, the say, sweet person that pulls into a parking that, that the parking, uh, the parking space was much, much closer to the front door. And they're like, thank you, God, for the parking space. And I'm just like, you know, God probably did not really care about opening up a parking space for you. And it's just like there are people like that that want to give God credit for everything. Just, right. oh, my gosh, my my left toe was hurting and now it's not hurting anymore. Thank you, Jesus. You know, the, and they're just wanting to give God credit for everything. And then you have the exact opposite of everybody that wants to give Satan credit for everything. Like, oh, that was Satan that did all that. You know, well, I got I got into a wreck yesterday. Oh, it was Satan. Or I got, uh, you know, my nose hurts this morning and it's bleeding. Darn you, Satan. And, it's just, you know, it's just it's just really, really interesting how people want to assign different things to, to God or to Satan. It's just interesting to be able to see that. Right. <laughs> yeah, my left toe. No, <laughs> I have more than... Yeah, more than one toe on my left foot. Some of the chat rooms like, does he only have one toe on his left foot? <laughs> it's all Satan's fault. <clears throat> Darn you, Satan. Darn you, he Satan. He took my toes from me. Now, now Daniel does point out that some people, you know, they, they actually do blame God for too much as well. So it's not Satan that gets all the blame. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so, so sometimes they give, they. I think you could say in both the negative and the, the positive that people accredit things to God too often right and whether and, it be positive or negative and i didn't really ever really I, I mean i thought about that in my life the time i see that pop up the most and and it pops up in my life too i mean i i even did it but like a death a lot of times in death when you have a, a dear loved one that dies and i had my brother die at the age of 35 so i you know I, I distinctively remember people would assign things they would normally assign to god to my brother mm-hmm. like uh, oh, I could have slipped and fell. Thanks, Jay, for taking care of me. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it happens a lot. And it's just the way I think it's the way that we just deal with life in some cases. Um, we just we we know and acknowledge that there is something other. But we we get it a little bit confused about <clears throat> what is that other? And what's the cause of it? And since we don't know, it's just easier just to, you know, give God credit or give Satan credit or right. something else about it. But anyway, it's just. It's interesting to be able to see the lightning downed Jesus. 
Yeah, I personally, I don't think that this was a message from God in any way, shape, or form. But then again, maybe it was. Right, and there was another lady. But that it was, wasn't a message to me. I don't think so. Right, and there was a lady that was actually interviewed on the on on uh, NPR, and and she was just like, I don't know what, I don't know what, and she was really truly distraught. I mean, she really was, and she was just, I don't know what God, why God would do this, and that's and that's one of those things where you're just like, oh, well, oh, well, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to downplay you know, your feelings, your thoughts, but you know, well, what are the, what are the different options we got here? And let's see if we can discern through this uh, as a community. Now here's what I will say and tell me what your thoughts on this, but I believe that God will use this to speak to people. Oh, of you course. know, that, that of course. I, I think, I think, you know, it, it, it's not, I mean, I think people will, I, he, okay. I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. This is this is what? Psalm one nineteen eleven. All right, this is a this is a scripture that I remember rem- memorizing. Well, you back know what? No wonder heart surgeons get paid so much money. They're doing a bunch of reading while they're in there. No doubt. All right, so I have hidden your word. This, so here's the situation. I've hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. So you spend all this time reading the scripture, and sometimes you think, you know, am I really taking any of this stuff in? And, and, and sometimes we take it in and we don't recognize it. Does, it's not necessarily that you have to memorize every single thing you read, but you read through and you, you think it and you process it as much as you can. But really, there are times when you can read something and without some kind of experience in your life that that can put that into context for you and, and, right, and make it real right. for you. You really don't get it. You read it and stuff like that. And sure. then all of a sudden, you know, there are times in your life in our lives. And I believe one of the one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is it speaks to our heart based upon what we know from God's will. It helps us to the Holy Spirit. He will help us to discern things that God wants us to know. And so occasionally you'll come across an experience that happens to you. And then all of a sudden it's like the Holy Spirit says, this is this is a great example of what I meant, you know, when you read this in the word. You, does that make sense? Yeah, sure. And so that's what it I just mean. Kind of echoes your right. view. It echoes your thoughts and your soul. And right. <clears throat> and and so for some people, I think it's entirely possible that that big butter Jesus being melted because he is struck down by lightning that that could you know invoke in them some kind of response where they. Uh, are led to an experience emotionally, mentally, or whatever the case may be. And then all of a sudden it, it just awakens them to some kind of deeper truth of something that they've learned. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Wow. All right. I, I think it makes perfect sense. Awesome. <laughs> all right. What's going on in the chat room? What are we missing here? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. Cause I totally forgot to tweet that we were doing this. So oh, okay. So you're tweeting. Okay. I, I thought you were having some kind of debate there. No, sorry. Not a problem. Oh, <laughs> but right. I, I think uh, I think you're right. I think that, it, and that's why I think it's so important for us to be able to discern things in community. And <clears throat> once again, I'm 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 a Wesleyan, so I think the quadrilateral is a good a good thing to use. So use your reason and your experience and your tradition, and um, in Scripture, please. You 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 gotta use the Scripture. And what, what about if you? Just read the Scripture. And some community too. Yeah, and some community. and that needs to be done in community. Exactly. Alrighty. Well, that is that. Uh, you got a book. What, tell me about this book you got, DG. Yeah, I uh, I bought this book. This is uh, from a seminary professor from Asbury. Sandra Richter is her name. 
she's no longer at Asbury. I think she's she's teaching somewhere else now. But um, she basically said <laughs> the premise of this book is basically I realized that there were so many people that are so scared of the Old Testament because they just think it's filled with a bunch of stories that don't mean anything and don't have any meaning, you know, just they, or they do mean something, but they're not really cohesive. They don't make sense altogether. So it's just a bunch of separate stories here and there and all kinds of stuff like that. And so she basically wrote a book basically just saying, Hey, this is, this could be one big, huge story and it all has meaning and a purpose. And the people who put it together actually knew what they were talking about when they put it all together and uh, and to realize that maybe this story in the Old Testament, especially if you're a believer in, in Christ, is also your story as well, and should be read that way. And so she really does a a uh, a pretty amazing job, just to basically help you realize that the Old Testament is your story too, that you got to get you got to get over a great barrier. Um, <clears throat> hence the first chapter of this book is is discusses culture. And the second chapter rehearses the story of redemption through the lenses of real space and time. Uh, it says, for those of you who are still recovering from your junior high geography class, it's only fair to warn you that there's going to be maps. <laughs> so it's a really, you know, it's kind of a fun book that she's written, but she's done it in such a what, such an amazing way that it helps you understand the very culture of what's going on um, in, in, in the Old Testament and does a, just an amazing, beautiful job of... of uh, of talking about that stuff and and she she bases it around uh, story and covenant and she bases it around specific people and specific event events so if you can just remember you know five five people and five different geographies of the land then you can have a much better understanding of what's going on in the old testament and why people were fighting for this one particular land uh because it was between mesopotamia and, and, and just all these different things and she's just talking about it so and you can you can check it out. And I, and I'm, I'm, I'm nowhere near done with it. I'm just kind of using it as a little bit of light reading before I, I go to bed. Um, or, you know, when, I, or when I wake up in the morning. So, but I just want to throw it out there. It's, it's really good. I, there's, there's a, a pretty amazing stuff talking about the understanding of their culture when it comes to women and children mm-hmm. and, um, and the importance of, of, of why a woman, why it would be so important for a woman to be able to be, married to a man and, and, or, um, basically adopted from, uh, from if her husband passed away or died or something like that, then why it's so important for the, for the husband's brother to take her in and to take her family in and things like that, because that was, that was that she would have, you know, been homeless and dead within weeks. Um, if she did not have that or just really, really, just treated it pushed away to the side and not had any life whatsoever. So, so how does this help you in your understanding or broaden your understanding of the principles of the new, of the old Testament? Does it, or does it? Yeah. I mean, it basically gives you the, the background and the, and a foundation so that when you are reading the old Testament, you're going, Oh, that makes sense why they did that because of this. Okay. Because of this reasoning and, and Oh, that makes sense. Like for example, covenant, Covenant was a huge, huge aspect in the world in the Old Testament, and what 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 we see in the covenant if, is if you read all the there's two there were two different kinds of covenants that were going on, and they were around the same time period as Old Testament, and one of those covenants was between a suzerain a suzerain and vassal treaty, 
So basically you have a country that's bigger and stronger and you have a country that's a lot less. And in those covenants that were made, the bigger, stronger king would say, look how we've provided for you. Look how we protect you. And we promise to protect you in the midst of what's going on. Uh, you know, whatever else is going on, if there's any other kingdoms that attack you, then we promise that we are going to defend you. Right. But with all of that said, you are definitely lower than us and you are, you know, you'll provide food for us and you'll provide armies for us. And, you know, I mean, it really was a contract between two, con- you know, between two countries or two tribes or whatever else. So when you bring in that understanding and, and, if, and basically what the, the basic structure of a covenant would include, um, this is how great the king is, the, the, the better, the bigger king. <laughs> and then, uh, these are the things that you have to do as a lesser you know, country. And these are the things that the, that the greater country would do. And then you would have blessings. So like you would, you know, you would be blessed and we would be blessed if we actually follow this. But if you break this covenant, then these are the curses that would occur. Mm. And so then, and so she takes that understanding and then she says, okay, well now let's look at some of the covenants between God and the Israelites or between God and Abram and, and Abraham and let's compare the two. So what she does, she actually compares the the covenants that were going on at the time period, very common covenants, except like, for example, uh, Abraham, I can't remember if he had changed his name yet or not. I think he had, it's either Abram or Abraham where God puts him under a deep sleep. Mm-hmm. And in this dream, uh, well, actually God told Abraham, you know, go get me a heifer and you know, all these different kinds of animals. And what they would do back then is they would literally cut animals in half and put them on each side and have blood all over the place. And the, and both the king and the, the greater king and the lesser king would walk through those animals as the, as the signing of the covenant, basically. And what they were basically saying was, may what happened to these animals happen to me if, I, if we break this covenant, if I break this covenant. Right. And so here comes God and he tells Abram to uh, Abram or Abraham to, to cut up all these animals some pigeons and some cow and you know, all kinds of stuff, cut them up in half and half. Then he goes under a deep sleep. Abram does or Abraham. And then he sees this burning fire, like a stove, which was representing God. And it was not Abraham. Abraham never walked through. It was, it was the presence of God that walked through those things. Hmm. And so God says, if either one of us break this covenant, may what happened to these animals happen to me. Right. So, and then we take that understanding <laughs> of, of God making a covenant with Abraham and Abraham never walked through it, showing pure grace in the midst of this stuff, saying, I, basically saying, I know you're never going to be able to hold up to your end of the bargain, but I'll hold up to my end. And if I have to, even if you break this covenant, I, may what happened to these animals happen to me. And of course, if you're a Christian, you understand that God fulfilled that covenant. Right. Absolutely. Through Christ. These are the kinds of things that she's talking about in this book. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it's just amazing, amazing historical kind of uh, stuff and, and, uh, and things like that. And she, and, and, and uh, the noodle noodle, I'm sure is listening right now. She just kind of skips over the whole, you know, uh, she does maybe there's maybe one page dealing with, uh, the time periods and how we count time and stuff like that, as far as how far back um, the creation was and things like that. I think that just because she's just focusing more on the covenant understanding and helping people to be not so scared of the Old Testament, but just in, to enjoy being able to read it and to read it in a way 
that other people and, and, you know, everybody could be able to have a little bit more excitement and have a little bit better understanding of what's going on in the Old Testament. So, well, I'll tell you what, um, the book is called the Epic of Eden, a Christian entry into the Old Testament. And it's by Sandra L. Richter, R-I-C-H-T-E-R. And I must say it has probably one of the coolest paperback covers I've ever it's, seen it is cool. in my life. I agree. <laughs> It is it is definitely by far the coolest paperback cover I've ever seen. And you know just the just the cover alone says read me. You know? <laughs> I'm serious. It, it it it's really cool. And um And you can get it for 16.32 uh, on Amazon. I mean, so it's not it's not a hugely uh expensive book. I I I just encourage everyone to be able to check it out and especially if you have or if you're interested in the Old Testament, especially if you're not interested at all in the Old Testament, I mean, it's really for everyone. Um, but she just does a she does a phenomenal job about about uh, doing this stuff. I want to get one for my dad. I want to get one for anyone who teaches Sunday school and has questions. And I want to get one for my mom because my mom's like, I don't want to read the Old Testament; it's just a bunch of blood and killing. And <laughs> right. And I'm just like, yeah, but yeah. How about Mardell? Yeah, sure. They Let's don't have it. Mardell doesn't have it. No. Oh man, get on that Mardell. Contact go. IVP academic and you can be able to get it. Um, but uh, anyway, it's, it's really, it's a pretty amazing book and I'm not even done with it. I'm nowhere even, nowhere even near done with it, but it's really, really cool. Very cool. Yeah, just Sounds to throw it out there. very interesting. I, and, and I bet they don't have it on audible either. Do they, uh, you know, I, I think it's you. been out for maybe three months now. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I can't I, remember. I doubt it. Let me so I seriously doubt it. But the Epic of Eden. I'm pulling it up now and seeing. No. Yeah, I seriously doubt they have it on audio. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, very yeah, you're cool. just gonna have to use your eyes and. Well, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, and folks, just, check that out if that's of interest to you. I, it's it's one that I'll be honest with you. If I had more time to read, I would definitely. And that's uh, and, and ex- exactly. And I'm saying the same Cam, thing. If if you know what is what about Cam, uh, Kindle? Kindle? I don't know. That's a good Amazon, question because it's newer. Amazon.com. The Epic of Eden. So you, right, you want me to read you a little story of this? Yeah, go right ahead. All right, here's talking about leaving and cleaving in Genesis 2, 24. All right. In Israel's uh, pat- patriological society, it was the woman who did the relocating when marriages were formed. They do have it in Kindle format. There you go, Kindle format. Woohoo! So it says the woman would did the relocating when marriages were formed, typically young, much younger than her fiance and probably still in her teens, this young woman was expected to leave her home and her family and join her husband's betab, which is the, the, their understanding of the clan or the tribe or the family. Can you imagine the relational challenges this young woman faced? Building a new marriage with a man she might hardly have known, relearning how to cook, weave, and do laundry according to her new family's habits, navigating the pecking order of this unfamiliar family system, all under the watchful eye of her new mother-in-law. Add to this the inevitable homesickness resulting from her leaving her own mother and siblings for a group of near strangers, and it is not difficult to envision uh, some very difficult times for this new wife. Now consider the well-known passage in Genesis 2:24. quote, For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh, end quote. Wait a minute. Doesn't the Bible, doesn't the biblical author know that Israel was a patriological society? Why is he speaking of the groom doing the leaving? I believe the reason for this apparent, quote, mistake, like the listing of women in Jesus' genealogy, 
is that the message of the biblical writer is one of critique. Everyone knew that the relational burden of forming a new household fell upon the woman in Israel's society. Everyone knew that it was she who was uprooted and isolated by the process. Yet the earliest and most foundational word we have regarding marriage states that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. They shall become one flesh. I believe this is an intentional reversal of the part of the biblical author, and I think that, uh, and I think he is intending to communicate something like this. Quote, young man, although you have all the benefits and comforts in this system from this day onward, you shall live your life as though you too have left. She is now bone of your bones and flesh of your flesh. Your most significant kinship alliance as of today is her. Very cool. Yeah. There's a little sample there. Well, there you go. So uh, very interesting. I, I'm, I'm glad to have that now. DG, I just want to say thank you very much for bringing uh, piquing my interest in another book that yet I will not have time, <laughs> to, read. time to read. That. I'm sitting here. It's like, do I buy it? Do I buy it? Do I buy it? <laughs> no, I'm not buying it. <laughs> Maybe after I finish, you can just borrow it. There you go. For uh, two or three years. <laughs> it's like, but like I said, I, buy, I mean, can I use it as a dust collector for the <laughs> nightstand next to my bed? Because well, I'm running low on those. Every now and then the kids come and knock it off of my like, sh- Oh, you nightstand. dusted the nightstand. Why'd you knock that off? Yes. Did Haywood Banks have a song about the book? No, but you know what? I love Haywood Banks' lyrics and songs because most ninety percent of them are clean. Are they? I've I'd never heard of him outside of Big Butter Jesus. Yeah, well, he he goes he he's on Bob and Tom shows. What okay. it is? But uh, he's a comedian and he does his own music and stuff like that. But oh gosh, it's awesome. Very cool. Well, cool. You know what? I think uh, you have to run to be. I do. At I a need certain, to go. I need to go to the orchard. A, a, a certain fruit store. Fruit store. All right. Uh, music right yeah. now. There we go. Three minutes to ramble. <laughs> hey. Rambling, rambling, rambling. We get all those rambling. Hey, here's the deal, folks. We need to hear from you uh, so that we have topics to discuss next week. Desperately. If I hadn't brought the book, we would have been just sitting you would here have found singing out, more. Yeah, you would have found out or just watched us playing with the iPad or something. There you go. Give us a call, 859-795-4067. Again, that's 859-795-4067. We want to hear your questions, your comments, your topics for us to discuss here on the About the Church podcast. And oh, by the way, that reminds me, we need to get Father Roderick on here. I think he, yeah. said, he said he'd come on. and He I, did. We need to hold him to it. We need to hold him to it. But I need to talk to you a little bit later about schedules and oh, okay. well, possibly changing the time of the podcast. I'm fine with that. We can okay. definitely work that around. So, Because right, uh, I just don't know what my schedule is going to be like in sure. about a week. So, Alrighty. Well, everybody, we will be back eventually. Uh, I'm sure we'll even have something probably next week. Maybe at a different time. We don't know. Check the schedule. GSPN.TV slash live. If you don't see the Google embedded calendar on there, yeah. try a different browser. I hear some people are using ah. a browser and it's that for some reason they're not showing up iframes or something. So oh, okay. I don't know. Use use Firefox. It works for me. Works for me too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Anyway, thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back again. Until next time, we encourage you to join, join the, the community. community. Oh, and pray for somebody. Pray for in some your, other church, yeah. Some other church in your area that's not your own. Yeah, yeah. In a ghetto. Why not? In the ghetto. All right. <laughs> And pray for Big Butter Jesuses around the world. That's right. All over the world. Everyone who's watching, roasting marshmallows to them. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye.